Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello and welcome to Six Figure Dog Business. I am your host, Ty Brown. This show is on PetLifeRadio.com. Now, this is the show where we help you start or grow your pet-related business to a healthy six-figure per year or more income. I'm excited today because I'm, I'm always thrilled when we're able to go outside of our industry to learn expertise from other experts that come to us from different industries. So stay with us. I'm going to come right back with Jim Palmer. Tired of wasting money on giant bags, boxes, and jugs of litter that don't last? Switch to World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter that lets you use less and get more. World's Best Cat Litter uses the concentrated power of corn to deliver outstanding odor control and easy cleanup. It's lightweight, 99% dust-free, and pet, people, and planet-friendly. It's even flushable. Make the switch to World's Best Cat Litter and save $2. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, welcome to the show today. So first off, let me welcome our guest. So with us today, we've got Jim Palmer. Welcome to the show, Jim. How you doing, Ty? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you. Now, I kind of prefaced this in the, in the intro. I'm, I'm excited to have you on because... You're not in the pet industry, although I'm sure plenty of people in the pet industry have used your stuff over the years. I've I've seen your stuff over the years and, and kind of followed what you do. But for those that aren't familiar with who you are, can you give us an intro? Like, what have you been doing? What do you currently do? What's, what's the story on Jim? <laughs> you know, what's interesting about that is if I look back on all the big aha moments I've had building my own businesses, most of them came from outside whatever it is I thought my industry was. <laughs> so I think it's good and healthy to look uh, to see what other people are doing and see how you can apply it to your uh, niche. So I started, I'm coming up on, um, you know, 16 years in the business. I started uh, in the newsletter business. I'm best known as being the newsletter guru, although for the last nine years, I've been the dream business coach, helping other people create their dream business. And, you know, the thing that I know we're going to talk about today, Ty, is uh, newsletters. And when I started my first business, I I was very much like a, an ordinary small business owner. And, um, you know, I was doing newsletters for private companies and associations, chambers, nonprofits, and things like that. And about five years in, I had grown a nice multiple six-figure business, but I was working my tail end off. And I really, while the money was starting to be good, I didn't have any uh, kind of time freedom. And I also saw myself really maxing out. So in 2006, I, I started going to what I would call university. And I started taking all these courses. And I went really deep into internet-style marketing and direct response copywriting. I started my first internet business called No Hassle Newsletters in 2007 and then grew uh, five more internet businesses before I started my coaching program. So today, we have literally had uh, thousands of customers in nine different countries use our done-for-you newsletter templates in just about every niche you can think of to help get more repeat and referral business. So that's cool. So your original business wasn't something and you used newsletters to, to promote it. Your original business was newsletters is what you're saying. 
Yeah, so I've, I've had a pretty uh, pretty nice career. I was involved in marketing and, and uh, franchise management, all kinds of things. But I created my first print and mail newsletter. So let's get that right off the bat. I'm not talking about email, although I do email myself. I'm talking about a print and mail paper and ink newsletter that you mail once a month to your customers. And so when I started my business in um, 2001, I knew that I was going to be you know, a coach or a consultant of some sort. And, um, but you know, that, that's kind of a slow start. And I figured, well, everybody needs a newsletter and I've been doing them for over 25 years at the different companies I work for. So I started doing newsletters just to bring in some cash and that really took off. The consulting didn't take off. So I just kind of went in the direction of, of being seen as a newsletter marketer. Awesome. And so help me understand something here, because when I consult with other pet business owners, what everybody seems to want is digital like teach me how to do facebook ads teach me seo teach me teach me how to do email marketing and stuff like that nobody seems to want offline or you know something print is it still like obviously it's still working because you're doing it but like how is it still working well i'll tell you this the people who want to rely on email only and i'm going to paint with a broad brush stroke so somebody's going to get their hair up it's cheap fast and easy right it's inexpensive mm -hmm. but here's the problem let's say you have a thousand customers and you want to, you say, yeah, I, I understand newsletter marketing is good. I like some of Jim's uh, tips on what to put in a newsletter, et cetera, but I'm going to do email only. You could be like a super internet marketer. And if you get a, say a 10% response on your newsletter, I'm telling you, you're a rock star. What that means is that 90% of your customers are not even getting your email newsletter, whether or not they read it. They're not even receiving it in their inbox because it's getting trapped by the spam filters. And, and by the way, I think it's number five of the top six words, which spam filters catch is the word newsletter. So you could say, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to invest in, in paper and postage and I'm just going to do email. Alone. Well, that's fine. But you know what? 90% of your customers aren't hearing from you. So what I believe is that the literally the most precious asset any business has is their customer base. And it's, and if you proactively engage with your customers and develop stronger relationships with your customers, they will stay longer. They'll recommend you more. They'll refer more. They'll buy more frequently. And that's really what we all want. We all want to increase our profits, but increased profits come from uh, stronger relationships with your customers. And, and that's really why a, a print newsletter is so effective. And by the way, how many people subscribe to magazines, Ty? Like I subscribe to boating, yachting, all the things that I'm interested in, and they all offer an online version. I never, I cannot read a magazine on my iPad. It's just, I mean, it's just wrong. <laughs> yeah. You know, I do like some audiobooks, and I do, I do read mostly Kindle. And again, that's for space. But when it comes to thumbing through a magazine that you get every single month, nobody wants that electronically. Yeah. And just to kind of echo what you said, because it's true. I, I send a couple hundred thousand emails a month. We do a lot of email marketing. And I was checking my stats the other day. I think I was 12% open rate. You're right. And so, you know, out of, you know, 150,000 emails that I sent or whatever, what does that equal? Maybe 17,000 of them got opened. And so it's um, now it's effective because you're right. It's cheap. But uh, but what obviously what you're saying is far more people will read it once, it, you know, if it comes in the mail. Now, as you were saying some stuff, and I want to clarify because Obviously, this is a more expensive way to get in front of people. So is there like, is there a business or a product you wouldn't do it with because the, the customer value is lower or like how much customer value do you need in order to be doing something like this? 
I have been, I used to do a lot of speaking on this and I've been challenged. I can't think of any business and, and nobody's been able to stump me really. I can't think of any business in which it doesn't pay to invest about a, a dollar a month or say $12 a year on your customers. The most expensive thing that any business has is the cost of customer acquisition. So I'm, I'm going to tell you a quick story. When I started No Hassle Newsletters, after about a year, I was looking at my stats and my average customer was staying for six months. And I'm like, six months, man, my program is good. I wonder why they're not staying. So I started talking to some of them and I looked at different reasons. Most people had no complaints with the program, but they what the problem was they, they still didn't get their first newsletter out in the mail because, again, everybody goes to work putting out fires every day, and it, was, it just kept falling. And so two or three months or six months goes by, I said, well, we've only used it twice. Let's cancel it. So what I started doing is I put in some steps to strengthen the relationship. So when somebody joined our program, they get a phone call within 24 hours from a live person. We offer to help get their first newsletter out the door. And I also did a couple other things. We sent a welcome note in the mail. Sometimes it accompanied with a brownie or cookies or something. After three months, I would send them a copy of one of my books, usually in this case, my book called The News of the Marketing Book. And I would do all these different things. Fast forward about two years, my average retention had doubled to, well, it's more than doubled. It doubled to almost 18 months. And today, many years later, my average customer with no hassle newsletters stays for 36 months. Now, what I invest in, and I used the word proactive before, every single time we get a customer in our business, it's now an automated sequence that happens over six months. I know exactly to the penny. I invest $42.80 on every customer that I get within the first six months. Now, that $42.86 has resulted in about almost $3,000 more revenue per customer. So what I was able to do is proactively engage my customers and therefore they stayed longer, they referred more, they did more printing. So it wasn't just a newsletter customer, they also used my printing service, et cetera. And so when people go, I, t I tell that story and they go, $42.80, Jim, I've got thousands. You're telling me I should invest 42,000? I said, but think of it this way. I invest $42.80 and on average, it doesn't happen, but on average, I've increased my revenues almost three grand. Who wouldn't, who wouldn't do that all day long? So it is an investment, but you know, you make smart investments that uh, have a return. Yeah, you know, I, I like that because obviously it's kind of a no-brainer. Now, obviously somebody looking to do this the first time might, you know, they're taking a leap of faith in investing that. But, you know, if you can show that. And my guess is you say you're able to track it $3,000 extra per client and you're, you're kind of basing that off of they stay with you longer. But did you even factor in like, you know, referrals and stuff like that? I mean, my guess is could it have been even more than $3,000? It is more. And you're right, because I, I can't track to the penny which referral. Sometimes I say, saw you on the internet, heard from a friend. So I don't know specifically, but mm -hmm. I'm happy with the numbers that they went originally when I opened my program from six months to now almost a little over 36 months. That's a hard number. And I know exactly how much they spend and what the average customer is worth. So for me, what I'm saying is, and you know, Ty, what you just said, it's a leap of faith. It's absolutely true. One of the stories I, I will sometimes tell is a friend of mine is a financial planner. And so that's not a, he doesn't do this nationally. He does it with clients that on average are within like a five mile radius of his office. Very, very locals guy in New Jersey. And he said, can it help me? I said, it will, but only if you stick with it for about six months, that seems to be the turning point for most businesses. In other words, if you mail your newsletter, the first one, 
it's not going to make your cash register suddenly fly open and $100 bills are going to come spewing out the drawer, right? It doesn't happen. You got to invest for six months. So he, for every month that went by when he was mailing his newsletter, he was just busting my chops that he hasn't gotten anything. Literally on the sixth month, a woman called him and said, I need to come see you. My husband recently passed away. The article that he did on page one of his six-month newsletter was, here's what happens when your spouse dies. That caught her attention. All the other things so far did not. But mm -hmm. she saw that article. She came to see him. She liked him. They got a rapport. She moved all the assets they had into his uh, brokerage, and he told me that was worth about $22,000 a year with the insurance oh. and everything else. And I said, well, you're welcome because there's one <laughs> client. Now, even if that's the only one you ever get, you have just made one heck of an ROI. That's awesome. It, so like, let's say the business owner is considering doing this. You know, obviously theirs might be $42 or their investment might be $25 or whatever it is. Would you recommend to that person to just say, hey, you know, why don't you increase your prices by 40 bucks and then, you know, just put that into reinvesting into the, into the client? Is that something you've ever had people do? Well, yeah. And by the way, we're talking about price elasticity. I help people all the time be able to charge more or charge what they're worth, if you will. But there's a lot of ways to do that. And whether you just want to tie it to saying, hey, I'm going to have my customers pay for the newsletter, I guess that's one option. But if people are wondering, well, how exactly is the newsletter going to make me money? There's a very important thing that you want to remember. It's called the what else factor. I want everybody to think about if you've ever gone to a networking event or a holiday party and one of your longtime customers says to you, hey, we just did XYZ or we, we installed this, this whiz bang service in our company, whatever it is. And you go, well, how come you didn't give me a chance to bid on that? And he goes, well, I didn't know you did that. See, most customers come to a business by way of a single transaction. They either, maybe it's a dog groomer or a training company, but you know, Ty, you may offer a lot of different services that somebody who hires you to train their dog, you may have a lot of different things that they would also be, have an interest in, but how in the world are they supposed to know that? I mean, it's not your customer's job to look into all the different services you offer. And most people, even very astute business owners don't go, by the way, thanks for coming in. Your dog's ready to go. Let me tell you about all the other ways we can help you. It just doesn't happen. But when you get a monthly newsletter and that page one story is always about the what else, it's about what else you do. And you, and you tell that story by way of what I call a success story, how your company has helped another customer doing whatever it is you do. And when people read that, first of all, you're staying top of mind because they're reading your newsletter every month. They're seeing your name and they're going, oh, hey, I didn't know they did that. You know, if I have a good mechanic that I trust with my boat just to do the mechanics and I didn't realize he also does boat detailing. Well, that's good to know because I think this guy does great work. Why do I want to go and, and research a bunch of other people? But yet most people are, they just doesn't occur to them say, by the way, if your boat needs detailing, call me. But mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? It's the what else factor. What else do you do? Because once somebody says, yeah, I know, like, and trust you, and I'm a customer, the companies that proactively engage with their customers, instead of just ringing a bell saying, yeah, we got another new customer. Now let's go get another one. You need to engage with them and maximize the profitability of each and every customer relationship. Yeah. I like what you said about top of mind. And I've seen that in my business, you know, because I told you off air that I, I email a newsletter every week. And what my newsletter is, is just a goofy story from my life. I'm not even talking about dogs. I just, a goofy story about my life. And then I relate it to dog training somehow and then make an offer. And every week it drives sales, not because my newsletter is great, not because I'm teaching them something awesome, but just because I'm staying in front of them and just staying in front of them, you know, makes that happen. And so I'm, I'm guessing, you know, that's a very similar concept of what's happening with the physical newsletter. 
It is. And as you said, and by the way, 12% open rate is phenomenal. So congratulations on that. However, I can tell you, you can get a 100% deliverability rate (laughs) by mailing it and getting it into the mailbox at the end of their driveway. The thing is, if you invest and it's usually somewhere three or four to maybe six months, that seems to be the turning point. I've been doing this an awful long time. Once you get to that point, you're going to start hearing people say, oh, I you know, somebody referred me or somebody might walk in your business. If if you have a physical business holding a newsletter that was sent to a neighbor or somebody's going to say, Hey, I didn't know you did this. I didn't know you also worked with X, Y, and Z. Can I need help with that? That's the power, but it's not going to happen immediately. And so you you need to kind of steal yourself up a little bit because people that stay with me for about six months, they almost never leave because they continue to send out their newsletter because it, like you said, every time you hit the go button on yours, it brings in revenue. Yeah. I want to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to get more into the nuts and bolts of like how this actually happens. So stay with us, folks. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Get the stinky dog away from me. Bad breath and bad gas. PD stopped eating. All his hair fell out. Itching, licking, missing fur. At least $5,000 in vet bill. Creams, antibiotics, sprays. No results. Everything we tried failed except the Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. Dynavite is nutrition. The shedding is stopped and the itching is stopped. Her coat is not soft, it's silky, it's healthy and shiny and glossy. She's got life, she's got energy. Tons of energy, no more bad smells. Dynavite's the bomb. (gasps) Dynavite is the best thing that's ever happened to my dogs, you know, besides me, of course. (laughs) 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. Dynavite for life. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. All right, we're back. And we're with Jim Palmer, the newsletter guru, and he's teaching us about newsletters. Now, I like how you taught us about how to actually make revenue in, in the last segment because I think a lot of people might struggle with that. They might hear newsletter like, Okay, I guess I can make my offer, but what if people don't want it? But the reality is it's just staying in front of them, making offers, staying in front of them, becoming relevant, and you know, you're know you going to make money. I would imagine, and maybe I'm wrong, 
I would imagine even with a bad newsletter, you know, that's not that interesting. I would imagine people make money with those, right? You do. And there's certainly ways that you can do. I mean, I never suggest that a newsletter should be full of offers and coupons and things like that. It's not a newsletter, especially a print newsletter is a relationship building tool and additional revenue will come from stronger relationships. You have to keep that in mind. One of the ways that you can actually sell within a newsletter is to use what's called a freestanding insert, an FSI. So the body of the newsletter, if it's a four page newsletter, that's an 11 by 17 folded eight and a half by 11, that becomes a four page newsletter. You can also do it with a simple eight and a half by 11, two page newsletter. You have a separate sheet called an FSI. That's where you can promote something because it's not technically in the body of the newsletter. It's kind of like going along for the ride. It's, it's just, you know, getting the free postage that the newsletter is paying for. It's kind of weird how it works, but it, it actually does work. The thing about, and the newsletter, you know, the top of mind long, long time ago when we had our house, literally about 20 years ago, we, we changed mortgages or, you know, back when interest rates were dropping. And I think that they were five or 6%, not 3% like they are mm-hmm. today, but we refinanced our home. And I just went to the Sunday paper and there was like this big grid and you know, I pulled out three names and I called three people on Monday morning and two of them never called me. One guy called me back and said, Hey, we're going to take good care of you. I'll mm-hmm. even drop off the forms. I'll, I'll use the little, uh, those posty arrows. You'll sign them. I'll pick them up when, when you and your wife come in for closing, we'll have you out of there in less than a 90 minute. He did everything great. And I am just a student of customer service. So I referred him probably at least three or four to neighbors and friends three or four times about uh, four months later, my neighbor said, boy, I think interest rates are climbing up. Who's that guy you were, you were bragging about? Ty, I promise you, I could not remember his name. Yeah. He says, and he says, well, what's the company? I said, I don't know. I can drive you there today, but I don't know. I said, I'm sure I got paperwork somewhere inside. But my point is, it's not my job to remember the vendors that I use. It's not my job. To remember. It's their job to remind me. The Direct Marketing Association says that every 30 days that goes by, 10% of your customers will forget about you if you're not in front of them. That should be a pretty scary number to most people. And that is, boy, I, I want to like highlight that and triple underline that because that's a deadly mistake in our industries because we work on an intimate level with people. We're working with their dogs and their pets and people love us and we love them. But people make the mistake of thinking, well, they love me so much and, you know, they're going to keep referring me. And some people do, you know, some people do have that, you know, ability. But I think back, just like you're talking about, I can think of a handful of instances where I was super happy with something and totally forgot, like, how to find that person, you know, later. So that, boy, that's so true. I want to get into kind of the composition, like what goes into these newsletters. But I had one more question before that. You're talking a lot about sending these two customers. Do you ever recommend sending them to prospects as well, or do you just send a customer? No, it's a great prospecting tool. And in fact, the story I told you about my financial planner friend, that was actually a prospect because he was sort of on board with sending it to his customers. He had a customer list of about 300, which is not bad for a financial planner, but he says, I'd love to grow this. And I said, then what you need to do is figure out your perfect avatar, look at your 300 customers and get every detail. This is my perfect target by age, income, all that. And I said, and then I will help you get a mailing list. And, you know, it ended up being like about 2000 names within a, a five mile radius of his office. And he just started out picking like two or 300 names and mailed them consistently. In truth, Ty, that's what he was busting my chops at. I'm mailing 300 names, mailing and mailing and mailing them. I'm getting nothing. And, and that lady was actually a prospect. So yeah, you can definitely do that. It's a great way to introduce yourself. At first, somebody goes, oh, what is this? And if you do it right, so I'll kind of, I'm going to tee off into your uh, other question about the content. Your newsletter 
should be fun, interesting, informative, and entertaining. It should not be salesy. This is in all ways a relationship building tool. If you go to a party and you meet somebody or networking event, hi, my name's Jim. Do you want to join my top end program? No, you don't do that. You have conversations with people. One of the things that uh, I often point out <clears throat> is that Reader's Digest is the most subscribed to magazine, I believe, still to this day in history. And it's not about any one thing. If you think about Reader's Digest, there's the humor, there's the real life, somebody saved a life story, there's all kinds of different things and tips about financial planning and money and teenagers, work-life balance. People read that, number one, it's entertaining, it's informative, it's a little bit of escape from the normal negative crap. And that's what you want your newsletter to be. So if you're a financial planner, or even a CPA, you don't want you don't want to send a four-page newsletter about the latest tax law or Sarbanes-Oxley or whatever some of these tax these because you know what my own accountant does that too much and I'm I'm like Scott why are you putting that in there because I think people don't know I said the only thing I want to know is that you're on top of this for me that's why I hire you I don't want to know tax law I just want to know you so. Yeah. That's the thing. Don't make your newsletter all about what it is that you do specifically. There can be some of that, but the balance of the content should be non-business related, but it should be something that your customer will enjoy reading. So give me an example. Uh, you know, take a, a dog training company. Like what would they put in a four-page newsletter, for example? Well, page one is going to be the success story. As I mentioned, that is how your company worked with another client. I would go like big dog, little dog, everything in between, problematic dogs, just to showcase mm -hmm. your skill at handling different situations. So it's always about a success story. Then you might want to just talk about something that's kind of cool and, and whether it's a product you sell or not, it doesn't have to be. In fact, it would actually mean more to the customer if you're referring somebody to something that just works, even if it's not something that mm -hmm. you do. Maybe it's a self-watering bowl and I've, I've just pulled that out of my head, but something like that. And then, you know, here we are in uh, the summertime. I would have an article about how to take a, uh, a long car ride with your kids and your pets. Here's how to pass the time. Or, and again, it doesn't always have to be pet related. Here's how to prepare for school. Here's how to save on your air conditioner bill. Nothing to do with what your, your actual business is. But if your clients, for goodness sakes, who doesn't have air conditioning these days? If they want to read that and say, oh, my God, hey, Ed, have you changed the filter on our air conditioner can save like, you know what I mean? That's the thing. And so when they go to your mailbox 30 days from now and that next newsletter's there, they're going to crack open the little wafer seal and they're going to kind of pour through it. And they go, oh, there's something else. This is how to talk to your kids about money or work-life balance or whatever it is. It could be, hey, here's a great way to uh, do internet marketing. It, it's an assortment of things that your customer likes, enjoys, is curious about in addition to what it is that you do. Awesome. Okay. All right. So yeah, success stories, interesting stuff. What about the business owner who's like, man, where do I get the time for this? Like, how do you, how do you convince a business owner to carve the time out? Well, this is going to be incredibly self-serving, but they should use a program like no hassle <laughs> newsletters. But in seriousness, the reason I created that program, Ty, is when I was out speaking in my first business and meeting clients, a couple of my clients said, Jim, you know why you're here? I said, well, yeah, we're here to work on your newsletter. I said, yeah, but he goes, I never know what to put in it. And it always takes me too long to do it. And he was essentially saying, that's why I'm paying you to do it. That was a big light bulb moment for me. And that's kind of why I created my done for you program. And that really is the reason 
Most people, I think, inherently understand the value in staying connected with their customers. They understand top of mind. But doing a newsletter is not something that they want to do. They might enjoy the benefit of doing it, but to them, it's it's just it's the smallest little fire that they got to put out that day. So therefore, it never gets done. And so you should hire somebody to do it. If you want to employ your own writers and designers, you can do that. No Hassle Newsletters is a company that I have. That's It's called Done For You. So I provide a number of templates and content that people can use in their own newsletter. Awesome. And so I do want to hear finishing up in a second. I want to tell folks how they can get in touch with you. But before we do that, you've told us a couple of success stories of some of your clients and things like that. How about one more success story before we finish up? I had a, uh, a client. This was in, uh, I'm going to say 2010 or 2011. Somebody I met when I was speaking, I believe it was in St. Louis. And she said, I run, I think she was trying to challenge me on like you were sort of doing what companies shouldn't use a newsletter. She goes, Jim, I do, uh, I have an insulation company. I do all kinds of insulation. And I said, well, you should be definitely doing a newsletter. She kind of predicted I would say that. Anyway, one of her, her success stories about six months in was how her company was hired to insulate a very old historic building so the walls couldn't be torn down things like that so she developed some kind of a system where through these little holes she either blows it in or I, I don't know the mechanics of it but anyway she was able to insulate this very old building and she wrote about that and that newsletter got passed from one of her clients to somebody else who also was in the restoration business and she ended up getting a job that was worth like 90 grand to um, insulate an, an, another old building like in Chicago or something. She wrote me what is still today one of my favorite testimonies. She got Jim always says it takes about six months. That's true. He always says your newsletter will get passed around. That's true. And it resulted in a $90,000 job. That was a, essentially the testimonial she wrote for me. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. So how can people, because um, I know you've got a new book out, which I just got in the mail myself. I'm excited to read. So you've got a new book. You've got uh, services to help people with newsletters. How can people find you and find this stuff about you? Well, the company we've been talking about is nohasslenewsletters.com. So nohasslenewsletters with an S.com. My latest book is my number, uh, let's see, number seven is called Just Say Yes, Create Your Dream Business and Live Your Dream Lifestyle. Uh, we're still in um, premiere mode, so we're giving away free paperback copies of that at justsayyesbook.com, justsayyesbook.com, and we'll mail it anywhere, including internationally. We'll just ask that you pay for shipping and handling, which is six ninety five, and that's also the international rate, which I take a little bit of a bath on. It's just easier that way. Yeah, I've got a book that I send to folks and internationally it always costs me about 12 bucks even though I'm only taking in the shipping and handling of 6.95. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's okay. Well, cool. Well, awesome, Jim. This has been like I say for me this is huge because I've been wanting to do a newsletter for a long time. So this gives me a ton of great ideas. For folks listening, I can promise you even though I've never done this, having done email newsletters, I can promise you there's a great power and so I'm pretty excited, you know, to kind of start doing my own like physical print newsletter and getting that in people's hot little hands every month. So make sure to check out all of my shows here on PetLifeRadio.com. Just head over to Six Figure Dog Business, click that link. While you're there, listen to all the other shows. There's a ton of great content on this station. And then head over to TieTheDogGuy.com to check out how I help other businesses like yours in consulting and helping you grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.